The blue team rallies to beat the white team in the Cougar tip-off. Several young players look good, but the Cougars can't escape the game injury-free. The great John Beck returns for his weekly visit. Will BYU win the month of November? What does John Beck think? We'll ask him shortly. And we're joined in studio by BYU women's soccer forward Maddie Lyons and Southern Utah AD Jason Bidikofer. Let's do it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live in Radio Vision, provided, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Thursday, October 29th, wherever and however you're dialed in. We appreciate it. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with the one and only Brian Logan. So is this technically, a, a, is this a Logan takeover when both of us are here? Because we're both fill-ins today. Uh, I, I is it a full Logan takeover? I don't know if it, I would say a full Logan takeover. I would say it's a halfway Logan takeover, and you're helping me take over. Okay. All I would right. say that. So I'm part of the takeover. You are part of the takeover, yeah. I've decided to bring on some additional help. You know, to help to 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 take over the show. So I would put it that way. Well, you, you may be wondering that we we're making BYU Sports Nation history. I think we are, man. We 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 put this tweet out. You did, and we had some fans say, "Hey, this actually happened when when Blaine and and Dave McCann took over uh, last year." But. I'm not counting that at all because we we have experience on this show. <laughs> I would consider us regular co-host. Uh, you could throw in Michael Elisa as well. So anybody else is not really as relevant. Sorry. Needless to say, it doesn't happen too often that both Spencer and Jerem are gone on the same day. But in the case of Spencer, there is a very good reason why he's not here today. He is a brand new papa. So let's hey. give a round of applause. That is right. This morning, now this is this is the best part. Besides, obviously, he's a new dad. Jet Linton was born at five thirteen a.m. this morning, mm-hmm. and he weighed five pounds and thirteen ounces. So five thirteen at five thirteen. Wow, how ironic! What are the odds, man, of that of that actually happening? I think this kid has to be, you know, just. Destined for greatness. When you have, I think there's little signs that that God gives us when our kids are just maybe in our lives. I think that's a sign, man. So we might as well, we should just go ahead and plan on something spectacular happening with this young man. Something special. And I mean, when you think about the name Jet, I I was talking to Spencer about this and I'm like, Bro, you probably set this kid up for failure naming him Jet because he has to have wheels. He has to at least run a 4-3. And he's like, oh, no, yeah, no, it's fine, man. I'm like, no, it's not fine. You ran a 5-2 or whatever it was. This kid is not running a 4-3. But you know what? I'll step in and I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to do some training for him. But we, we, can, we can happily announce that uh, little Jet is doing great. Mom is doing great. Spencer, we assume, is doing great. Uh, the, the whole Linton family is doing great, and uh, we want to send out our congratulations. That's right. All right, it's time to get to uh, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
The blue team earned a come-from-behind victory over the white team last night, 66-60. to In last night's uh, Cougar tip-off, the annual blue and white game, both teams were led in scoring by freshmen uh, Nick Emery and Zach Selyus. They each scored 19 points. Yeah, what a performance for the young fellas. Also in the blue and white game, senior Chase Fisher suffered a thigh contusion uh, and left the game early, as did Jordan Chapman uh, with a sprained ankle Hopefully those guys can get better soon. In other injury news, Kyle Collinsworth with tendonitis in his left knee and Corbin Kafusi with a hamstring injury both did not participate. Injury bug. Injury bug. And, and we're going to talk about that coming up in just a few minutes and maybe some correlations between what we saw last night with the basketball team and what we've seen uh, the last little while with the football team. Uh, next headline, BYU's 13th-ranked soccer team's in action tonight at Southfield taking on Pepperdine. Sophomore forward Maddie Lyons is going to join us in studio in about 40 minutes here on BYU Sports Nation. The game tonight can be checked out on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern time. BYU swimmer Jake Taylor has been named both MPSF Turbo Swimmer of the Week and the CollegeSwimming.com D1 National Swimmer of the Week for his performance over the past week. Congrats to Jake. I have a I have a soft spot for the swimmer. I was a swimmer in high school. Oh, I didn't, so I didn't know that. Uh, so I have I have, a, I have a soft spot in my heart for swimmers. What? And I know I, I know what it goes I in. I didn't know you were an athlete. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I got man, you're way. I've raised you a couple notches on the pedestal, man. If an athlete like you is willing to call me an athlete, I'm willing to take it. You're you're, you're an athlete, man. I like you're, it. You're an athlete. You know, if you if you play a sport, if you have to train, if that's golf, tennis, whatever the case is. You're an athlete. It's time to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Blue always wins in Provo, right? Isn't that just the way that it always works, regardless of the situation? The uh, BYU basketball team held its annual Cougar tip-off last night at the Marriott Center. If you missed it, you can actually go and watch it on BYUtv.org as well as the BYU TV app. Uh, that brings us, though, to our Twitter question. Yeah, what was your biggest takeaway from BYU's blue and white scrimmage? First tweet, Nathan Jepson at Nate Jepson. The newcomers being able to compete with the expected starters shows BYU should have some needed depth this year. I agree with that. And that's what, that's what games like this are really for, it's especially not just you know a, a game like the Cougar tip-off, a blue and white game, but the exhibition games. It's, it's an opportunity to see what BYU has behind the guys who are going to get the majority of the minutes. Right. And, and I, that is so beneficial for the coaching staff to be able to see a Nick Emery, who you know is going to be fantastic. Right. I mean, just look at what he did at Lone Peak. But Nick Emery has 19 points. Zach Selyus has 19 points. Kyle Davis, who was with the team last year but had to sit out because he transferred, he had a double-double with 10 points and 11 rebounds. It's great to be able to see these players get minutes, not only get the minutes, but then take advantage of those and excel. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, this is a, a scrimmage, but just like what you said, it's, it's for the coaching staff and even obviously for the players as well to, to figure out where you're really at. And you obviously find out uh, how far or ahead of you, your, your game is compared to, to others on the team in practice. But it's nothing like a game situation, man. I, I don't care if it's a scrimmage or, or you know, with, within each other uh, or if it's a, an exposition game that's coming up here soon against a lesser opponent. It doesn't really matter. Those lights are on. Fans 
are in the stadium and, and, you, and, and your mindset, it, it changes. It completely changes. And coaches want to see what are these kids going to do? How well are they going to perform under the bright lights? Well, and it, it really is a great opportunity for the young players, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is impressive. Freshmen scored 60 of the 126 points in last night's blue and white game. 60 of the 126. So just under half came from freshmen. Nice. Nice. And and, and I think think this is the biggest thing that gets me excited is is when you look at the injuries, and we we just stated them, right? Um, and, and we, I think as BYU fans and, and me just being a part of this program uh, for the last few years since 2009, I'm starting to realize and just accepting that injuries happen, right? And, and I can't really speak for other teams and programs, but it always just irks my nerves like this is just going to happen, man. Guys are going to get hurt on the court, on the football field. And so what has to happen, Jason? You need depth. Right, you need to have depth, and it's very hard to get to get depth from freshmen. Right, you you, you try to expect that from maybe sophomores or, or or juniors, but usually those guys are playing at that point, right? Uh, and so to to get that from and to get the type of play that you saw can give you a lot of hope to say, you know what, if if guys are hurt, if guys do go down, BYU still has an opportunity to score or. You know, even if guys don't get hurt, but let's say somebody has an off game or let's say, you know, guys are going to the, to the bench to rest. Well, now I can rely on my bench to continue to score points. Well, and it really just goes it goes to depth and experience. And this is we, we were having this conversation before the show, and, and I thought it was fantastic because when you look at what the basketball team may have to go through for these next couple of games, because they obviously set out Kyle Collinsworth and Corbin Kafusi set out just a, a precaution. But in the game, you know, you had Chase Fisher with, with the thigh contusion yep. and you had Jordan Chapman with the ankle. You know, the likelihood that these players will get significant time or play at all in some of these exhibition games is probably very slim. Even, even if it's, it's not that serious, there's no point in trying to risk injury. It's very similar to what we're seeing with the football team over the last year and a half, where when injuries creep into this, the, the equation, guys get the opportunity to step up, show what they can do, and then when the team gets back to full strength, then your depth is so much stronger. Oh, Exactly. And, and you saw this a little bit last year with, with, with the football team. I mean, guys were getting thrown into the fire uh, you know, against Boise and some of these bigger schools, and their heads were spinning. I mean, I mean we, we, we saw it in AFR, you know, guys were, were missing easy assignments. But that's what happens when you don't have that game experience. Something happens to you as a player, you either show up uh, and you put out, or you kind of cr- cr- crawl into a little bo- – crawl into <laughs> just, the fetal you position. You just curl up. You just curl up, and you don't know what's going on, and you kind of got that look, you know, like you, that the deer in the headlights look. And, and, and when you get more and more of that experience – you start getting more swag. You start knowing what to do, so you play faster. And that's exactly what happens with, with Wagner and what happened last year. So you look at this defense and, and why they're playing so well, even though they're younger, they have that experience. So now flipping it over to the basketball, you, you have that same opportunity for guys to get game reps because that's when it matters the most, Jason. There was times, there were so many times we would clown as starters. We would clown 
uh, the, the, the scout team offensive players. Because we'd be like, man, you can't do that in the game. <laughs> you don't do it in the game. You did it in the game, you'd be a starter. You, you are a scout team, first team you All-American. that guy, were you? You making fun of the scout team? All-American. I mean, I wouldn't do it to their face. I got a bigger heart than that. <laughs> I would do it behind your back. Behind their I mean. back, I would, definitely. Well, see, and, and the, the example that comes to mind just most recent in the Wagner game was just how significantly better Bo Hodge looked. Yep. You know, we know he had kind of that deer in the headlights look in the previous game when he was thrown in when Tanner got hurt. But you saw after a week of preparation and getting meaningful reps, he got several series by that second or third series, he looked so much more confident and comfortable with what he was doing. I think that was a perfect example of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a, a few different things that, that goes on, right? Especially when you get thrown into the fire. One, it's like, oh, I, I, I didn't have a great performance. I never want to have that feeling again. So I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to practice, uh, you know, with a different mentality. I'm going to study a lot harder because now I know what it feels like, what, what actual game reps and game speed um, is like. So I want to I prepare more. And so now, based off of that experience, he's able to put a certain time in and prepare on a whole nother level. And you saw that outcome on Saturday and how he was able to perform. Now it's against Wagner, yeah. But still, you still anything positive a, is good. Exactly, it's it's the blueprint, man. It's a stepping stone to 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 be able to be more prepared against uh, a, a, maybe a better pro- opponent if he's coming into a similar situation. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today, what was your biggest takeaway from BYU's blue and white scrimmage last night? This one coming in from that Wiley guy, 91. He says the Cougs will have a fast-paced season. We can see if their bodies can hold out. Coming up next, former BYU quarterback and the man responsible for throwing my favorite pass in BYU history. That's right, John Beck joins the program coming up next. Lots to talk about with our weekly chat with Beck. This is BYU Sports Nation. John Beck coming up next. Stay tuned. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight on BYU TV, the 13th ranked women's soccer team takes on Pepperdine at Southfield. Tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our Twitter question today, what was your biggest takeaway from BYU's blue and white scrimmage last night? Uh, this tweet coming in from a BYU fan 1995. Uh, this person's takeaway that we can still score and we have lots of uh, plug-and-play players. Now we just need consistency and we will win lots. Ooh, Winning I, lots I, is always good. I love the consistency part because when you have young guys, and again, uh, making making the same correlation with, with Tanner, you have those ups and downs, right, before they can start to solidify themselves and turning that corner uh, to, to really go from good to great. And so with young guys, yeah, you may have flashes of, of, of brilliance here and there, but you also are going to have those those bad moments. So being able to be consistent is is key. All right, let's switch gears and talk a little BYU football, making his uh, weekly appearance on BYU Sports Nation. John Beck joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. John, welcome back to the program. 
Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me again. Hey, you bet. Uh, I'm going to assume that uh, you DVR'd and have watched several times the BYU-Wagner game uh, because it was such a close nail-biter. <laughs> um, wh- what were your overall takeaways from that game? Well, I, you know, to have as many positives as what happened is the really good thing. And to be able to have as many players play, I think those are the positives you take away from it. You know, in all honesty, we knew that it was going to be that type of a game. And I think a lot of people were interested to see what type of people do we have behind our starters and how will they perform. And then we know what a great opportunity as a coaching staff to know, hey, if our starters perform like they should, we're going to be able to get to see a lot of playing time of some guys that we may have to count on the last handful of games in the season if an injury happens. So I think just, you know, A for Tanner, so many positives to be able to have and then step out of the game and then B, letting a lot of young players play. I think those are all very good things to have happen. Do you remember your biggest blowout victory? Uh, uh, it might have been like my junior year UNLV, or I don't know. I guys, that was like a decade ago. <laughs> there's been a lot. There's been a lot of football games. Uh, that thing is, I can tell you the blowouts I was on, where I was on the losing side, better than I can tell you the blowouts <laughs> I was on the winning side. <laughs> right, right. It always always happens like that. But I, just like you, and being a former player, I, I love to to see the offense and the team starting fast and getting some of the younger players in, especially the guys that deserve it, that, that have been on the scout team. I just made fun of them. So, you know, they, they, they work hard, so it's good to see, to see that. Oh, you say that uh, now. Yeah, right. I, I, I have to backpedal. That's what I do, right, being a DB. Uh, but, but, John, when it, when it comes to playing FCS opponents, how do you feel about that as a, as a former player um, and, and more so with this, with this team being independent and playing tougher, tougher teams. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely plays into the strategy. Like, you want to play a tougher schedule because it gives you the opportunity to move forward if you beat those teams, right? So you stack up your schedule where a lot of the teams are going to be top-ranked teams. Well, if you can beat some of those guys, that's going to help you jump up the polls. Uh, but to do that, you still have to make sure that you solidify bowl games. You want to be able to get your six wins in a season, seven wins in a season. You want to be able to go to a bowl game because I believe that's a mark of a championship-winning program. As many fans are like, we all know we'd love to see 10 and 11 win victories every single year. But in the game of football, it's just it's really difficult because when injuries happen to a team or when there's kind of like missing years where – you know, you were expecting certain recruits to come back and perform, and they don't, and then you have to rely on younger guys, or injuries happen, and you have to rely more on younger players. Putting younger players on the field in difficult situations doesn't equate to a lot of victories. So you're not going to see 10 11 wins all the time. So I think it's smart to say, you know, we have to make sure that we have some teams where it is in our favor to get the W, especially because we are going and getting some teams where maybe we understand they may have some of the advantage, but we still believe that we can compete and that we can win. So the last thing you'd want to do is stack a schedule that's crazy hard, and then you don't make it to a bowl game. Because when you're in a recruiting thing and you're telling an athlete, hey, this school has been to the, a bowl game the last 10 or 11 seasons, that means something. I remember when I was being recruited, that was one of the tough parts at BYU at the time that I was being recruited. They had gone to some bowl games, usually lost them, and then the last few years before I got recruited, BYU wasn't even going to bowl games. And I'll admit, that kind of weighed on me a little bit, saying, well, golly, is this the right program? They're not really a championship program. And you look at the bowl games. Where do they get to go play at the end of the season and who do they get to go play against? So 
you know, you have to be smart about scheduling some games that you know are going to allow you the wins to be able to go play in postseason play. That, that's, a, that's a great point. And I'll just throw this in here really fast. Um, before I came on my recruiting trip to, to BYU, I went to Utah State. Um, and, and Coach Anderson, that was his first year at the time, he got me really pumped up. And I was like, you know what? I don't really care that you guys are a losing program. I'll play for you, Coach. Uh, and, and I just loved his philosophy and his mentality. Going to be up to BYU, the pro, the very next week, and I saw all the bowl game swag. I was like, "Oh no, no, no! I got to, I got <laughs> I got to come here because, just because of that bowl game factor." And that was really the the deciding uh, factor for me was BYU was going to bowl games and Utah State wasn't. So, great point there. You know what else I want to add too? I remember, I think like all of us, like competitive people. You want to play on a big stage against the big teams. When I was being recruited, I looked at over the next, you know, four years that I'm going to be there, who does BYU play? Because I want an opportunity to go on a big stage and play against the big teams. And they had USC on the schedule. They had Notre Dame on the schedule. And then you know that in a bowl game, well, hey, if you go play a bowl game, you can play against the Pac-10 like Pac team back then. Or yep. you can play against a, a, a Big Ten team. You know, like all these options of, man, if I can make these bowl games and you know, growing up in a Pac-10 environment on the West Coast, I loved watching the Rose Bowl. Well, I wanted to play against teams that were potentially going to play in the Rose Bowl. So that was big for me, the scheduling. And I think that's why I look at BYU's schedule for next year and the following year. If that doesn't make your mouth just water, saying, oh, my gosh, what an awesome opportunity to go play against some big teams on a big stage. That's awesome. It's I like, it, want that. It's like walking down the aisle of Costco and seeing some Gushers and fruit snacks, man. Give my mouth <laughs> water. That's what the schedule is like. Uh, the uh, John Beck joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Um, BYU has four games remaining, and nothing is guaranteed, obviously. But you obviously want to you're, – you're going to a bowl game – um, this is a schedule where you could run the table. It is not out of the realm of possibility that BYU could win out. What do you think BYU's chances are of winning out in the month of November? I, I think they're great. I honestly don't see anybody on the schedule that if BYU plays uh, their game, I, I just don't even think that anybody will be able to have a chance, really. I, I think it's going to have to take a game where the crap hits the fans, Bounces don't go their way. Um, you know, those funky, like the team's in a funk. And with Bronco, I just don't see that happening. I just think Bronco's been doing it for too long. Uh, I, I know him well enough that he's seen it happen before. It's just like anything in life, right? Sometimes you experience something, you go, why in the heck did that happen? What do I got to do differently? Bronco was there in 03 and 04 when those type of games happened. And Bronco, you know, there's been some games like that since then where those things have happened. And I really, truly believe that each time that it happens, he says, okay, what can I do differently? How can I get these guys to be mentally focused? I think some of it also is when you have younger players, you can't ask them to do too much or think too much. Simplify things. Even if the first half of football doesn't go well. Okay, are we asking too much of the guys? Are we putting them in a position that's causing them to think too much? Let's simplify things. I just think as long as they play their game, then there may be some quarters here or there where it don't go well. I mean, that's football. But if they just consistently play their game, I don't see a team. I've watched some of Missouri's games. I've seen a little bit of San Jose State, Fresno. I mean, I've seen those teams play. I really don't think that 
that can happen unless BYU is the one that doesn't play their game. If they if they shoot their own selves in the foot a little bit or their selves in the foot a little bit, that's when it could happen. But if they don't do that, I see them running the table the rest of the way. John, I I, I agree with you there. Let let's say something weird does happen, um, and they don't run the table. Would, would anything less than nine and three be a disappointment for for you as a as a former athlete and, and alum? And and let's throw out. Uh, Taysom not being here, and let's throw out Jamal not being here uh, because we, 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 we're, we're dealing with what we've been dealt with. So this is a new team, new identity. So with, with that situation, the current situation at hand, would that be disappointing for you? No, no, not at all because I've, I've been in those shoes of a young player. Like I know what it feels like to be a young player that's leading a team. I, I look, look at everything from a quarterback standpoint because I'm a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I look at also situations I've been in in football where injuries happen and you plug people in. John Gruden said this Monday night um, at the Ravens game because he was saying, look, you have Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Since he won the Super Bowl, he's had all of these injuries happen to key players on his team. He's had coaching changes. All of these things happen. At the, in football, it is so hard to be consistent and succeed when you have those type of things happening. So I think the fact that we've plugged guys in and yet things have gone well, and let's say it's a 9-3 and three season, that is a super successful season for the circumstances. And I don't care that it's, oh, well, Missouri's not as good as we thought they were going to be. We sure thought that when we beat Boise they'd win out the rest of the year and then they got smoked by Utah State. Like, you can throw out tons of different scenarios of would have, could have, ifs and so's, but I'm just saying you have a true freshman quarterback leading the helm of your offense and the defense has played some awesome games at times. Hey, if one thing goes off, we've had a lot of games so far that have worked in our favor. Like the Boise game, from an offensive standpoint, not a lot of things went that great that game. But we made a couple big plays on a scramble and a fourth down play to win it. Hey, we walked away finding a way to win a game that actually, aside from three or four plays, we probably should have lost. That was the very first game of the year against Nebraska. I mean, what Mitch Matthews did on that play was so remarkable to come from one side of the field, ball in the air. I mean, he just went over there and grabbed it. You don't make that many plays, like a play like that, that many times. So we've stolen a couple victories that, that went our way. What would it be if we had those two losses? Would everybody be, you know, arms up in the air saying, oh, my gosh, now, you know, now it's not going to be a season at all. We've made some great plays to make a season a nine- or ten-win season. If it goes a nine-win season, I think it's still a great season given the circumstances. John, we had Steve Young on the program yesterday, and he relayed a story um, while talking with Trent Dilfer. And um, I want you to listen to this. Again, this is, this is a story that Steve, that Steve was telling about a comment that was made to him by Trent Dilfer. Listen to this. He said, well, I don't know if you know this, but that kid is one of the all-time greats. I said, well, gee, he's a senior in high school. What are you talking about? He said, look, I do this Elite 11, and I go through the kids you know, around the country, and I've done it for years, and I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this. An all-time great from, according to Trent Dilfer, who you know, obviously you know, had, had the, the hands-on experience while at Elite 11. When you hear something like that, what do you think? You know, I was actually just talking with Trent and Steve about Tanner uh, Three weeks ago, I went to the Monday night game uh, with my son, and after the game I went down on the field and I was talking with Trent and Steve about Tanner, about the very same thing, because I've just been so impressed with the situation that he has been put into and yet the tools that he's showing me 
only three months removed from a mission. Like, that tells me whatever he did before his mission, all of that prepared him so well. Because if you don't have that type of preparation, if you're not that type of player before your mission, you don't have a chance of showing the type of player that you're showing everybody right now. So I knew only a little bit about Tanner um, just because uh, I know some people that knew him. I know the quarterback that played at his high school before him. I helped train him uh, coming out of Arizona State. And I had always kept in touch with the Elite 11 because a friend of mine runs it with Trent Dilfer. And, you know, I kind of want to use this story. Jake Heaps called me when he was coming out of high school and was asking me about colleges, wanted to talk about BYU and some other programs. And he was the first person that was kind of this somebody in high school that is running and competing and performing like a collegiate player, doing all of the same things that a collegiate player is asked to do. And it, it wasn't always like that. So it's kind of like this new generation of quarterbacks is coming through. And even before Tanner committed to BYU, I was talking with Jordan Palmer at Elite 11, and he said there's this kid that's being recruited by BYU who is very impressive. And I asked, well, okay, what makes him impressive? And he said, you can tell that whoever coached this person knew what they were doing and that he has so many reps of doing the right thing. So it doesn't surprise me that then here we are a handful of years later, Steve Young's talking about it, Trent Dilfer's talking about it, and we as fans are getting to see it. Like, there are some throws that he makes. You don't make those throws unless you have done that hundreds and hundreds of times. So to have somebody with that type of an experience level coming out of high school, and then the fact that doing it while rusty, I know the kid's rusty. We, there's so much more that we're going to get to see from him as he gets to continue to build and continue to practice. But I, same as these guys, there's Tanner, whatever he did from age 10 to age 18, he did it right. And he, <laughs> it's going to be an exciting couple of years with this guy. He is John Beck. John, great stuff. Always appreciate the conversation. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, guys. We'll see you. There you go. John Beck. Appreciate him joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. The 13th-ranked BYU women's soccer team looking to get back on track tonight at Southfield. Ford Maddie Lyons joins us next in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's the formula for success, man. Between the ages of 10 and 18. What do you do? All about the prep. Muscle milk, running heels, flipping tires. You didn't even go to class? Did you go to school? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Tonight on BYU TV, the 13th-ranked women's soccer team takes on Pepperdine at Southfield. Tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. All right, let's quickly refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The uh, blue team earned a come-from-behind victory over the white team last night, 66-60 to in the annual blue and white game. Uh, both teams were led in scoring by freshmen Nick Emery and Zach Selyus. Each scored 19 apiece. Also in the blue and white game, senior Chase Fisher suffered a thigh contusion and left the game early. In other injury news, Kyle Collinsworth with tendonitis in his left knee and Corbin Kafusi with a hamstring injury both did not participate in the game. We mentioned this just a second ago. BYU's 13th-ranked soccer team is in action tonight at Southfield, uh, taking on Pepperdine. Sophomore forward Matty Lyons is going to join us in mere 
seconds. The game uh, will be broadcast tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. BYU swimmer Jake Taylor has been named both the MPSF Turbo Swimmer of the Week and the CollegeSwimming.com D1 National Swimmer of the Week for his performance over the past week. Congrats to Jake. Absolutely. Congratulations. And and I mentioned she was going to join us, and look, here she is. Boom. Sophomore forward Maddie Lyons joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome in, Maddie. Thanks for having me. So I want to know, how how has practice gone this week? How has the team handled coming off a weekend that, that didn't go the way you would have liked? I mean, I think we've handled it as well as we possibly can. I think it gives us, like, motivation to be better, and we are working on specific things to improve our game for tonight, so... It's been good. It's been tough, but we're ready to go. So yeah, how, how do you how do you guys? What's the feeling like? And how do you guys how do you guys bounce back at, at each other? Because being a, a former athlete, there's times where you can kind of get down on each other, mm-hmm. or there's times where you got you can you know pick each other up. Come on, let's go. Let's get it together. I think after the game, we were just really frustrated and like, what's going to happen? You know, but we have like our captains have been really good at picking up the team, and so we're just trying to keep our heads up and just stay positive and keep moving forward. You mentioned you know working on things and and just trying to improve. What are some of those things that uh, that Coach Rockwood has, has had you guys working on? So we went from shooting like fifty shots a game to getting six shots. So <laughs> we she said we need to shoot more again, and we need to be smart with our just like shooting decisions as well. So I think just our attack and like go with speed, and I mean our defense is killing it. So we just gotta finish off those goals why do you think that that happens I mean you that's a pretty dramatic I, uh, you know <laughs> difference there right that's what we were shocked too we don't know exactly what it is I think um I don't know just during practice Jen's like we got to make smart choices we can't just shoot the ball just to shoot it like we got to place it and so I think we kind of took that a little too critically uh, and just saying we just got to find the perfect time, but really we just got to take our chances and we just got to shoot. I think having that momentum is good for us. So, Maddie Lyons joining us in studio here on BYU Sports Nation, BYU women's soccer sophomore forward. And you know, luckily this is not something that happens very often, that you have to bounce back from a loss, but you guys have been a team that has bounced back after adversity. Why do you think that uh, this team has been able to avoid those long losing streaks? I just think our team is just so comfortable with each other and we're best friends like on and off the field. So I think we just have faith in each other that we are able to improve our game and come back from those losses. So fans attending the match tonight and Saturday are encouraged to wear Halloween costumes, right? <laughs> yes, they are. That's, that's, that's pretty fun. And do you guys, you guys get to have wear costumes during a practice, right? right? Yep. So do you guys have that planned out? We what, do. What, what, what are you going to be? So it's kind of a secret. The team, we get in little groups, and it's kind of a surprise oh, for so practice. You can't, you can't tell us. So I can't really tell you, but I'm just Give telling you hint. now. It's going to be really funny. Give us a and, hint. A hint. Um, Maybe, is it like a, from a movie, or it's, is it a character? Yeah, it's a character more. I think it's kind of, it's off of a computer game, so game. Okay. it's kind of... Uh. You'll recognize it, though, once you see okay. it. Do you guys have, like, a contest within the team? Not food? a contest, but, like, at practice we'll just play a game of lightning and stuff. But it's just a goofy kind of And you're, and you're, you're practicing while you're in your costumes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, now, so maybe this will give us a little clue as to the direction you're going. But, but like, in previous Halloweens, what have you gone as? Okay, so last year um, some of my friends – 
some of the freshmen. We were kidnappers. So our costumes are like really weird but funny. So we wait, 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 tied... wait, hold on, hold on. You can't say our costumes aren't weird and you're a kidnapper. Did you drive up in some nondescript van? That... We should have added that. That would have been funny. You... We like taped we got like pants and we like stuffed them and we like taped them around our waist and like with shoes and then we like had a backpack with like a jacket over it with like a head. So it literally looked like they were carrying like picking us up and we like taped arms around our like it was really funny. Nice. That is. It's interesting. That is pretty funny. <laughs> that is. So you guys have three games remaining before postseason. What's the focus right now with with just a handful of games uh, before you, you get into the playoffs? Well, we just want that West Coast Conference Championship really bad. So we just have to make sure that we show that we want it, and we just have to come out strong and like keep that energy going. So we just got to play as a team and just stay calm but have energy as well. Yeah, Have you guys emphasized trying to gain that momentum back before heading into the, to the postseason at all? Because we, we talked about a little bit earlier um, in the show of how important momentum is. Uh-huh. And I don't think fans out there, I don't think they understand it fully. And even us as analysts sometimes mm-hmm. don't really understand how big that, that, that plays into you know your season. It does. It plays a it's huge, but I think the coaches have said come out with energy, and like that is a good term to use because like we need to come out with energy, but we need to make sure we finish as well. We don't get too comfortable. How do you guys come out with energy? Do you listen to like a song or something? Do you guys do you have like a ritual? I think it's just different for everyone. You know, like we all have our headphones on. We're like some people's pregame is different. Like some people like to sit by themselves and just kind of visualize and sit on the bench where other people, kind of like myself, like to just have lighthearted, like kind of not goof off, but just, just talk free, with it. Yeah, free spirit. Yeah, right? just, just free spirit. Just, just do whatever. Do you listen to music? Yeah, that's what I, I want to know what, what you're listening to before <laughs> match. Okay, yeah. don't make fun of me. Nope, but nope, nope. This is a no, no judge. judge. No judgment zone. No, no okay, Justin Bieber right or a Taylor Swift I, reference here. Okay, Justin Bieber's new song, Sorry is amazing. I don't know if you guys have heard it. <laughs> have you vibe. heard it? High five. I, I haven't heard it, but I'm a Justin Bieber oh, fan. <laughs> I love it, but I also love Everybody by Backstreet Boys. Mm, I don't okay. know. It's just kind I of like a lighthearted, you know, like, let's go. Kind okay. of you're going you're going a little that's, old school. I, I, I didn't expect school. you to pull out the uh, the Backstreet Boys. That's what I said. Don't judge me. But No, no we don't judge. We just pray. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I could have always appreciated <laughs> yeah. Justin Bieber. If Spencer was, see, me, me and Spencer, we have this argument of, Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber? Who do you choose? I don't know. You got to go Taylor Swift. I mean, now. come on. I, don't, hey, don't influence her. <laughs> Let her make her own decision. You go T Swift. Taylor Swift has grown on me. I used to not be. I am a fan of her, but she has grown on me a lot. But I've always been a Justin Bieber at heart. My fourteen-year-old self just won't let me get over there it. There it is. Me hey, too. Players are gonna hate, hate, hate. <laughs> All right, that's all. Just shake it off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Shake it off, Jason. All right, so so Maddie, are you aware of the BYU Sports Nation karma? Um, I have heard of it, and I have seen it done, but... So now you realize that you have been set up... Oh, here we go. We're Girl, holding right. hands. Okay. I, like to, I like to do the physical touch where we're holding hands. I like to, I like to transfer. Now, you you realize yes. you have been... By coming in and, and joining this program today... The BYU Sports Nation karma is out there for the taking for you. It is. Yeah. We we bestow this upon you. Do you feel any added pressure knowing this? No, I'm feeling I'm just feeling uplifted right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this it's is great. Spiritual. It's it's, it's, in your, it's something in your spirit. Yeah, good vibes. yeah you can't yeah. really you can't really describe it. I mean, you come out feeling like 
a million bucks when you leave this seat. Good, so, yeah. good. Yeah. I'm already feeling it. Good, good. It's working already. <laughs> For those watching uh, BYU Sports Nation on uh, BYU TV, you, you may notice the, uh, the, the new stretch Y flag that is behind us. And we have, when athletes come in, we actually have them sign that. Well, since this is a brand new flag, Maddie, we're going to have you wow. be the first, first. to I sign am, this new flag. I am honored. Jeez. No, we, we are honored that you're here. <laughs> Maddie, we, we, appreciate you. You, we appreciate you coming in. We're going to have you sign this in the break. Uh, thank you so much. Hopefully the, the karma is well for you tonight. And, uh, and good luck uh, tonight against Pepperdine. We thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, guys. Uh, you bet. Uh, uh, quick uh, Twitter question. What was your biggest takeaway from uh, BYU's blue and white scrimmage? Uh, Hobo Cita said that the padded chairs and video boards are sweet. Ooh, that's right. That's pretty. That's interesting. That's right. Everything the, that was going on, <laughs> the padded with, chairs. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. And welcome to the club. Coming up next, SUU Athletic Director on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jason Shepard, Brian Logan with you live from Studio B. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, all you have to do is catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern Time. Tomorrow on BYU TV, it's a battle between two top 25 teams as a 16th ranked BYU Cougars take on 24th ranked San Diego. The match begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. All right, about an hour ago, we had uh, Jason Bidikofer in studio, and you may be asking who that is. Well, he's the athletic director at Southern Utah, and as you know, BYU announced that they will host the Thunderbirds at Lavelle Edwards Stadium next year. Here's that conversation. Jason, thanks for uh, coming and joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, the news came down yesterday, actually during BYU Sports Nation, that uh, the Thunderbirds are going to be coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium next year uh, to play the Cougars in November. How did this game come about? Um, well, you know, I've been at the helm of uh, the athletic department for just a little over 70 days. And, and uh, as I transitioned in, I had had some conversations with uh, Dave Brown at ESPN. And uh, he had handled a lot of their football scheduling. And it was a contact that I had from my days at, uh, at West Point. And um, we had spoken and we're talking about our schedule for 2016 and had talked through a couple of scenarios. And it, he had brought forth the fact that, you know, this BYU um, scenario may be on the table. It may take some manipulating of, of multiple schedules across the nation to make it happen. But, um, you know, I was really excited at that prospect, especially uh, knowing out of the gate that, that this would be the first time that the two institutions played on the football field. So yeah, it's, it's, it's ironic, me and, and a couple of former players, we were talking about, you know, why not schedule somebody that's in state, you know, like a, like a Weber State or, you know, SUU uh, to kind of keep things local here in Utah um, and it's funny that this, this was announced and, and I'm excited uh, just to, to have some type of meaning right mm-hmm. you know last week uh, this team played at, at Wagner which is kind of like what who is that but you know <laughs> being able to have that local presence is great so how do you guys feel as a program being able to one land a, a, a D1 school like this but uh, more so being local 
you know, I think it's a great opportunity for um, for both institutions. There's so many common connections uh, between the programs. You know, it's amazing uh, in the Cedar City footprint and our alumni footprint how many uh, how much crossover there is. So I think it'll mean a lot to our alumni. Um, I think that close connection within the state. Um, you know, selfishly for Southern Utah University, it's going to help us elevate our stature um, in the state in the region. Um, it just makes a lot of sense for us. Um, you know, similar to. You know, similar to your statement on the BYU side, you know, for Southern Utah, it makes a lot of sense to to play here in Provo as a play as opposed to you know going across the country and playing in the state of New York or the state of Illinois or wherever the case may be. So um, we're excited about the synergy that this is going to create for us. What are the pros and cons of of playing up, as they like to say? As an athletic director, what are you looking to achieve in games like this? Um, you know, it's a, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, I think the the notoriety. You know, as we look to elevate the stature of this institution, I think it's important for us to play games of this nature um, at quality FBS opponents. We also have Utah on the schedule uh, for next year as well, so nice. it's going to be a big year for us in that regard. You look at the other side of the coin. Um, you know, you really want to be strategic in how you schedule these games. You know, we're playing Utah right out of the gate, um, playing BYU. Um, you know, later in the season. Um, you know, there's a there's a mental and, and physical aspect of it that you need to keep in mind and that you need to consider. Uh, but you really, um, you know, in, in working with Coach Lamb on our scheduling for next year, um, you know, this was a no-brainer for us. And, and, you know, I think it really provides an opportunity, um, you know, for our kids, you know. Um, you know, they're excited. We have a ton of in-state kids that um, are uh, through the roof about both the opportunity to play both these games next year. And it helps us on the recruiting trail as well, both in the state and beyond. Um, so there's a lot of pros. You know, the, the cons can be, um, you know, you got you to be careful how you strategically schedule things and how it fits into your big sky, you know, um, footprint and and things of that nature. So yeah, I was, was going to ask you about the the BYU connections uh, on this coaching staff, and if they had some type of an influence, you know, when it comes to scheduling these these types of games. Well, you know, I uh, you, you know in the first 70 days here, Coach Lamb and I have developed a very uh, strong relationship. He is a phenomenal um, coach. Uh, He's just great for our program, and, and uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, align our vision, my vision with his vision, and I walked in the room and mentioned it, and he lit up being an alum. You know, he <laughs> right. had a smile on his face. Yeah. I think this yeah. may work out, yeah. you know. So um, he's a, he's really excited about the opportunity. Um, you know, obviously, uh, being in season right now, he's focused on other things. Um, but when we talked about it, um, you know, it was probably a two-minute conversation, but there was a big smile on his face. So I know he's excited, uh, you know, as we look towards next year, so. Southern Utah Athletic Director Jason Bietikofer joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. You touched on something that I don't know if it gets talked about enough. And you mentioned the recruiting aspect of this. Because a lot of the players on Southern Utah are from the state of Utah. And it is a big deal Mm -hmm. to be able to play a BYU and a University of Utah. How much does that help going into a recruit's home and saying, oh, by the way, you're going to be able to play the local teams you've grown up watching. I think it's a, I think it's a huge deal for us. You know, I think, uh, you know, ultimately um, at the FCS level, um, you know, when Coach Lamb and his staff is hitting the recruiting trail, um, you know, to be able to talk about the quality of schedule and the opportunities to 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 step on the on the field here at BYU, for instance, and in uh, and really prove something. You know, um, this game, this team, and this program is is really um, built from a blue collar perspective. Where they those uh, kids work their tails off. 
off every day. Their coaches, uh, you know, do the same. And, uh, you know, for them to, to be able to, to work towards, you know, a game like this. And, and uh, you know, it's it's who we are, you know. And, and I know that we, you know, in a game like this, we're going to show up. We're going to play. We're going to be competitive. Um, and, you know, to be able to be out and sell that to, the, to our recruits, especially in the state, it's, it's really valuable. Jason, great stuff. We appreciate you taking a few minutes joining us in studio. I think we're all looking forward to it. Thanks. Thank you very much. We appreciate uh, Jason taking a few minutes. Let's keep the Twitter conversation going. What was your biggest takeaway from last night's BYU's blue and white scrimmage? If we have a chance, we'll get to some of your uh, tweets coming up in just a few minutes. Who gets today's rise and shout? And what is our elite tweet of the day? We reveal it next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. The blue team earned a come-from-behind victory over the white team 66-60 in last night's blue and white game. Both teams were led in scoring by freshmen in Nick Emery and Zach Selyus. Both scored 19 points. Also in the blue and white game, senior Chase Fisher suffered a thigh contusion and left the game early. In other injury news, Kyle Collinsworth with tendonitis in his left knee and Corbin Kafusi with a hamstring injury. Both did not participate. Soccer. BYU's 13th-ranked soccer team in action tonight at Southfield, taking on Pepperdine. The game tonight will be broadcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. Golf. The men tee off today to kick off the Pacific Invitational in Stockton, California. The tournament will run through Saturday. Women's basketball. Women's hoops gets things started tonight with the blue versus white scrimmage in the Marriott Center. Tip-off is at 9.30 Eastern time. Cougars in the PGA. At the CIMB Classic in Malaysia, after round one of play, Zach Blair is currently tied for 33rd, scoring two under par, and uh, Summer Hayes is tied for 50th, scoring one under par. Future guests are BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall, Sierra Parker of the 16th-ranked women's soccer team, will both join us in studio tomorrow. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Today's Rise and Shout goes to the BYU basketball freshmen, Nick Emery and Zach Sellius, who led the Cougars in scoring with 19 last night. And our elite tweet of the day comes from Lone Star Cougar, says uh, that injuries are possible. Maybe Frank Wintrick could extend his reach into the hardwood. That on our Twitter question on your takeaways from the uh, scrimmage last night. Hey, shout out to the Linton family. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, Jet. Jet. Thanks to John Beck, Maddie Loins, and Jason Bidikofer and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag.